two extremes. We either make too much of the devil and the demonic and our enemy, or we foolishly dismiss him and them altogether. In chapter 2, verse 18, Paul and his companions wanted to go see the Thessalonians to encourage and strengthen them in their faith, a good God-given desire, but Satan blocked their way. And in chapter 3, verse 5, Satan, or the tempter, as Paul refers to him in that passage, was also trying to tempt the converts to renounce their faith in the face of persecution and suffering. There was and is a real enemy who was working to hinder the ministry of the gospel and to sow doubt in the minds of its converts. However, in both instances, God was also working. And what the enemy meant or intended for evil, God was using for good. And that truth needs to be foundational in shaping our response to the activity of our spiritual enemy. We don't dismiss it as if it's of no significance or no importance, but neither do we panic about it as if God is no longer in charge. Paul acknowledges here the reality of his spiritual enemy and his devious schemes, but he's not going to be disturbed or defeated by him or them. For God is on the throne, not Satan. God is on the throne. And so I want to look just briefly this morning what we might learn from the reality of our spiritual enemy encountered in this passage. I've already read verse 18. Paul says, we wanted to come to you, to the Thessalonian church. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Very rarely is our work for God going to be smooth and simple. Sometimes our path will be blocked. No matter what we do, we will hit obstacles. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We will hit obstacles, but that is no reason to give up or assume that you're on the wrong path. Remember, there is a real enemy who doesn't want you to do what God's put in your heart to do and he will try to disrupt you he will try to di distract you but guess what his plans always backfire if you persevere if you keep going God will lead you maybe not in the way you fought but by a route that is even better than what you were originally going to do Paul and his companions were blocked from visiting the Thessalonians but God was using this obstacle to work out his purposes in other ways. Perhaps this period of enforced separation between Paul and the Thessalonian church, perhaps that was key to the church flourishing because they had no one else to look to in that moment except God. They had to press into him. Perhaps sending Timothy was always the better option for this young church. Perhaps they needed a Timothy-shaped leader, not a Paul-shaped leader. We, we don't know. We can only speculate. We don't know what was going on. We don't know how Satan blocked them. We don't know why God allowed it. But what we do know is that God is sovereign. God rules and reigns. And God is always working, always working, doing a thousand and one things in any given situation that we have no clue about. No clue. 
God is weaving the tapestry of history and the tapestry of your life. He's working to a bigger picture. He's working to a greater goal than our limited and narrow perspective can comprehend. And so we have to trust Him in the midst of the unfolding challenges and trials, knowing that He is good and that He has promised to work all things together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. And key to that purpose is conforming us into the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ, for the glory of His name. Even Satan is a pawn in God's hand. That's it. Think about the cross. The very foundation of our faith. That's the centerpiece of our hope. Do you think that God had been outwitted and outfoxed when Satan stirred up hearts and lives to have Jesus brutally nailed to a cross? Was God like thinking, oh my goodness, what is going on? In that moment, from an earthly perspective, it may have seemed like the enemy had won. But when we zoom out and consider the bigger story that God was writing and is writing, then we know every evil intention in the heart of Satan and in the hearts of sinful men was being used by God in that moment to bring about the ultimate victory for humanity's greater good. That's what God was doing. That's what God is always doing. Does that make God the author of sin? No. Never. Impossible. But he is sovereign over it. And he is able and does use it to accomplish his greater purposes. And what if in a lesser way, when Satan was blocking Paul's path, what if God had this very, this very letter in mind that Paul would end up writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to bless and strengthen not only the first century Thessalonian church, but the church throughout the next two millennia. Had Satan not prevented Paul's return, then this letter may never have been written and the church would have been deprived of, of its treasure. God used the circumstances which included the devil's flawed attempt to destroy the church. God used it to enrich the spiritual strength and purity of Christians throughout the ages. We are benefiting from that right now. Satan's plans will always ultimately backfire because God is greater. God is greater. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up, but do wise up. Don't give up, but wise up. Let's not be unaware of the devil's schemes. We should expect some roadblocks along the way as we seek to serve God.